You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. I just have in my heart, I want to encourage everybody and everybody stay in the opposite of where the world's going. The world's in sorrow, gloom, and doom. That means that we, now we don't negate what's happening, but our reaction has got to be different than the world. We should not react the way the world does. Katya told me, said, you know, Pastor, you can preach this thing about faith. You can preach about how the, the plague will come nigh our dwelling, but we have no supplies, no more medical supplies. We've run out. We're on a platform. Half the people here are sick with COVID, and I am not and I'm not getting it in Jesus' name, and I'm a leader. I've got to deal with these people. She said, you're going to really find out, do you believe this or not in Jesus' name? Everybody say, I believe. You've got to use, lose your faith and be a believer in Jesus' name. So we, gotta, we have to say, we, do we believe this? Do we believe the word? Do we believe what it really says? Or is it just a, a mental assent? So I want to talk about this, about Nehemiah. That's what came to me. I want to talk about joy today. I shared joy last week. I just want to do some more joy. Hallelujah. And, uh, and just uh, build your joy reserve and starve your sorrow to death in Jesus' name. Um, but you can't operate with sorrow. My wife just shared she was a cancer nurse for 25 years. And the first few years she did it, uh, she got so bad because it was so many people dying. She was in a grieving process. So I got to get out of this. Yeah, otherwise I won't be able to stay in this. I, you know, if you don't have grace for it. She, I remember God just downloaded to her that um, she was in a griefing. She was in a, a mode of grieving. And she's got to get over that and get over into the, right, the, the, the joy of the Lord. Because grieving and sorrow, I mean, it should last for a night or two. But I'm telling you, if you keep it up, it'll suck the life out of you. It'll suck it out of you. So here's, we're going to read about uh, Nehemiah, and this is, I'm going to start from verse 8. And it says, so they read distinctly from the book. Well, let me just give some, a prayer, explanation, then I'll read. Father, I thank you for opening your word to our hearts today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me set this story up here. It's history. But the book of Nehemiah is the book of, <laughs> if all the books, he said, I, Nehemiah, he said, others didn't write that, but he started off, my name is Nehemiah, and I'm writing the history, just so you don't get confused with others that are out there, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, I'm Nehemiah, and uh, <laughs> he said, I was a cupbearer, he was a cupbearer in the, in the Persian um, capital, and he heard, for Zerubbabel was the first out there, followed by Ezra, and the first thing they did was they built the temple. Then after that, they came along and began to teach the people the law. And so there's a slow-going move. But the walls were not built. They're all basically in disarray around the city of Jerusalem. So Nehemiah gets a vision from God to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, gets permission from the king to go there to do it. And so he goes there with a small band of people. And he goes in, and he, he went at night. And he went around whenever no one else knew. And he saw all the walls. He was, catching a vision. he was catching a vision of rebuilding the walls. Great story on faith. 
And then how they began to build the walls supernaturally quickly. I mean, like 51 days, they built the walls. And they, everybody was assigned a task, and they all went around, and they got the gates built and the walls built. It was a miracle. It, it took God to do that. And so then they gathered all the people as they're filling this, as they're completing this, and they're just saying, listen, we want to be able to teach you the word. And Ezra, now Ezra has survived all the way from Zerubbabel's time. So they say he's like in his late 80s, early 90s. So he's an old man giving out the word. And as they're teaching the word, they're teaching about all the law, which they have never really heard for years. And they're finding out the shortfall of everything they've not done. So here's where they're reading the word. And now that's where we engage. The children of Israel are reading the word. And here's what they said. And so they read distinctly from the book. And they gave explanation in the law of God. And they gave the sense and helped them understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They were weeping because they heard, here's what you should be doing, and here's what you've not been doing. And they were saying, okay, we gotta, we got to pick it up. And so they were just, imagine, they were in this ruined city. It's been rebuilt. Seventy years have gone by. That's a lot of time. And now they're in this place of mourning. But here's what Nehemiah said. Don't mourn. Then he said to them, go your ways. Eat the fat. That's in the Bible. You get that? Eat the fat. <laughs> I like eating pork rinds with fat on it. It's very good. I know something about it. And if you don't like it, I'm so sorry. But I have Bible for it. I just realized that. I didn't realize that this is a, people say you shouldn't be. It says right here, eat the fat. Eat the fat. <laughs> Drink the sweet. Look at this. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for the day of the for the day is holy to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? He says, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and uh, don't forget the needy in the land. Don't forget those that don't have. Go out and get some, some food. It's like what we're doing right here at the, at the food pantry. And then here's the, here's the key verse. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still. For the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions, obviously to those who don't have, and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Hallelujah. Do you know that when the Bible said the joy of the Lord is their strength, it's, it's in this scenario that Nehemiah gave it. And it was a scenario where the people were mourning, they were grieving over their failures, over their losses, over what they had not measured up to. And Nehemiah said, said, stop it. You know why? Because when you tap into God, you find God's a merciful God. God's a gracious God. God's a God of love. And if you truly repent before him, he'll forgive you. And so don't stay in a place of mourning. Don't stay in a place of sorrow. If you get your eyes off of God, you'll go to the ways of the world. But he said, listen. He said, be in joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's such a thing as sorrow versus joy. And uh, sorrow is the opposite of joy. 
And the world is a sorry place. There is so much sorrow in this world. Sorrow and sadness and broken hearts and people abusing people and all of the hurt that we hear about in the world today. And um, uh, I, I'm, I'm always thinking about that the Christian should be a standout against, against the backdrop of the world. We should be the standout. We should be the light in a dark place. And one of the ways you're in the dark place is you have the joy of God on upon you. And uh, my wife told me the story. I guess CBN did it on an Italian doctor in uh, Italy, one of the worst hit areas, and where they're just burying the dead by the hundreds every day. And he was an atheist. And there was a 75-year-old pastor who had contracted COVID, and he was going around from bed to bed with his Bible and basically leading people to Christ, giving words of comfort. But he was a man of joy. He was like a bright spark in a dull place. And every day he'd go out there passing out the word of God, word of encouragement. And this atheist, you know, kept seeing this guy. He said, what makes this guy tick? But something is different about him. Then finally that doctor succumbed and he passed. But he left, when he left, he left enough seeds Seeds of life, seeds of light, seeds of joy. That that atheist gave his life to Christ and said he's now a born-again believer in the midst of all this. But really it was the light of that pastor that would not be bowed over and, you know, staying only in his bed, but went around from bed to bed with the word of life. And so God, we've got to see it from God's viewpoint, how God sees life. God sees life in a, such a powerful way of victory and, of, or, and, and, and a life that because we know the Word, it's basically they told the Jewish people, because God's good, because you see the Word, you can have joy. Don't sorrow, but be in joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. We serve a God of joy. And we got to understand this. There's a connection between joy, strength, and victory. If you're going to have a strong spirit, it'll be a spirit of joy. God gave us a strong spirit. When you were born again, your spirit is strong. You've got God, the Holy Ghost in you. And it can shake off like a Labrador gets off out of the lake and shakes off the water. We should be people that when we hear the news, we hear the bad things, we hear this, we got to shake it off in Jesus' name. We can't allow the sorrow of the world to start getting upon us. Because joy releases strength. There's a connection between joy and faith. When you have faith in what God said, you can have joy in Jesus' name. But if you stay sorrowful, if you stay morbid, if you stay always down, well, I'm just going to hold my breath until I leave, until the, 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 the news changes. No, folks, here's reality. I'm telling you what, as we go into this COVID thing, we're going to have to realize it's going to take longer than we think, but we cannot live forever under the couch in Jesus' name. I plan to get out there as soon as I can, and I want to get back to life, and I will have my face shielded up. And we got, but we must stay in a place of joy and a place of victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. But joy releases faith. It says in 1 Chronicles 16, 27, it says, strength and gladness is in his place. Talking about God. Honor and majesty are in his presence. But I can give you many scriptures. I looked this up. I don't want to quote a bunch. 
that gives a long line. But you look up strength and joy. There's so many parallels. Is when you have the joy of God, you're going to have the strength of God. And when you have the strength of God, you're going to have the joy of God. God is the God of joy. We serve a God of strength. And that word, that, and I looked this up because I have to look these up because I want to look it up. I want to find out what is the, it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that word strength is not just a, like we had big Ron Wheat. He's a strong man with one arm. Put this pulpit up there. I said, Ron, I think you found your right pulpit. You could do pulpit pushes up, uh, whatever. But uh, there's a strength, physical strength. But the word strength is not that connotation. The word strength is a, a, a fortress, a refuge, a place that you can, a stronghold where you can go to and get protection. Where the joy of the Lord is your protection. It's your stronghold. Joy is where you, we need to run into. It's like there's a, uh, there's a castle of joy. Get into that castle because that's where you find strength. When you get out of joy, you're going to get out of strength. And the devil likes to clock people that are not strong in their spirit. But you got to get in the joy. Psalm 27.1 says, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be af afraid? The Lord will be your strength. And I, you start looking this up. It's just like a constant theme. Jeremiah 16.19. It says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. When you look at the Lord is my refuge, the Lord is my strength. The Bible talks about the name of the Lord is a high tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And I want to talk about this because I know what it's like to feel weak when you get hit with battles. As a pastor, everyone has times where you get hit with things and where your feet end up where your head used to be just a moment ago. And we fight these things. And we fight depression. We fight discouragement. It wants to come on you. And when things hit you, boom, boom, boom. And you want to start, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But the Lord can come to you. And I remember when, um, I guess it was like 2001, when the first time I got all these letters from the SEC, one letter after another, and these phone calls and all this stuff. And they were telling me, you know, we're going to come to sell your church off. And we'll come to liquidate you. You know, it's like I was like in a tailspin. Like, what? Here I am preaching the word. Next thing you know, they're taking your church away. I said, what the? And I remember just feeling so uh, uh, sorrowful and upset about it. And my joy was gone. I'm just dealing with the issues. And um, I'm telling you when, you, when when you have serious problems, you got, well, i got to get serious. But you don't have to get sad. But we tend to get that way. And I remember going to the book of Psalms. And I'm telling you, God's grace abounds. I remember when I started with my Psalms, reading in Psalms, because I read a little bit of Psalms every day. And I was reading Psalms, and I have never seen the Psalms jump off the pages as it did that year. It was like everything became electrified and leapt off the page. And it was no longer, oh, that's nice. The Lord is my, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I mean, I would read those and it became like 3D, stand up 10 feet and flash. It was like, get so real in me. And see, and I remember it was the grace of God. I know Christians were praying for me. I received that grace from the people of God as well. But I'm telling you, the reality of the word came into my spirit. 
And I would be able to roll off the hassles and the weight and come into a place of rest and a place of joy in the midst of the storm. And it was a reality to me. And then the next day, I'd have more troubles come on me and more phone calls and more legal papers. And here I go again. I start, you know, fear myself going down. But I go back to the Word. And I'm not just making this up. This is what I really do. And it was like every time I go to the Bible, especially in the Psalms, they were like 3D living, vibrant, and electric. And it began to push me back up through the darkness and back into the light. And my joy would return. And it's like your strength would come back to you. Strength for the battle. And it's, you know, um, when Jehoshaphat, this is our Second Chronicles 20. The Bible says that, you know, we had those three enemies that are coming at them. And the enemies were far greater than their army. And it looked like in the natural, they're going to lose everything. And so they go to God. And God says, I'm going to send deliverance to you. You're going to go out to the enemy. And I'm going to, I am going to deliver you. Um, I like the, the key scripture God gave me in that battle was um, Exodus um, 12, 14, where it says, the Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. I remember, it's like, okay, God, you're out there. That's what they said. That's what Jehoshaphat told the people. The prophet told Jehoshaphat and the people. So Jehoshaphat reiter reiterated, and they all had this praise team heading out there, Jehoshaphat. And the Bible says that as they were going, they took out the enemy. And the Bible says when they returned, 2 Chronicles, they came back with great rejoicing because they had defeated their enemies. I'm telling you, we've, we serve a God that knows how to defeat the enemy. And I look back at those years I went through, and it was a constant thing having to go to God. Don't let your joy get stolen because the, joy, the devil comes just to suck your joy away and tell you all the sorry things. Look at what's going on with your children. Look what's going on with your, your family. Look what's going on with your body. Look what's going on with your job. Look what's going on in the world today. And he just wants to keep that in front of you and just suck the joy out. And we just kind of go through, well, another tough day. No, no, that's not the place of the believer to live. A place of joy is a place of strength. A strong spirit is a joyful spirit. Hallelujah. You, you, uh, I, I'm just looking at a red light that says two. That's the camera. I can't see anything. All I see is a, a dark form of the cameraman with a two. But out behind that but out behind that camera is people watching. I'm telling you, God wants to put joy in you. He wants to shake off all doom, gloom, dread of what's coming up and get a happy heart. He wants laughter coming out of you in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so um, there is a God who wants to do a work in you. And the reason why the children of Israel back in Nehemiah's day could get happy because they realized, you know what? No matter how we messed up, God's still our God. And we are still his people. And he's been gracious to us. And we're going to go forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so I got to thinking about it. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 or 29. It says, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. 
And in verse 31 he says, Those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run up and weary. They shall walk and not faint. I got to thinking about this. There's a place outside of Cleveland, Tennessee. Actually you go on Highway 11. You go through uh, Benton. On the way, it's a little side road. The old Highway 11. They used to connect Knoxville with uh, Chattanooga. And um, they had... Um, Gliders, hang gliders. Not, not, not hang gliders, real gliders. And my brothers, I mean, my brothers came by to visit with their wives. And uh, they said, well, what's fun to do? Well, I said, well, I, I drive them down this road and I see these gliders. Uh, would you like to do that? They said, sure. So we got in the car. And these gliders, they got these wings like 50 feet. And what you do is you got the pilot in the back and you get in the front. I did it myself. You put this glass bubble, click. And what you do is you get towed behind this plane. You got a little wheel, bounces around, grass runway, and the plane takes off. And you get higher and higher. And you see the hills of Tennessee, and you get up, and it's, it's silent. There is no noise. And then the guy pulls a lever, and the plane takes off, and now you're just floating. It's so fantastic. So what you're doing is you have no motor, okay? So you've got to understand, you've got to catch the thermals. And so what you do is that they, they would watch the vultures. You know, these vultures are not stupid. They may not be pretty, but they're not stupid. And they'll catch the wings. A lot of times these big birds, they think they're eagles, but most of the time they're vultures, the red-headed vulture. And so they stretch their wings, they catch the thermals, and they'll go in a circle because they're there are places that, that the heat of the earth is calming an upward draft. So they catch the thermos. And um, my brother experienced this. I didn't because I was the last to go and it was the cool in the evening. And we kind of went up, circled one time, and came back down because <laughs> there were no thermos. But my other brothers, they went higher and higher and higher until they were like, I couldn't believe it. And then they would float all the way like until they're almost out of sight, come back around. My brother was saying, we were floating way up high, totally silent, and there was, a, and there was a, a vulture ahead of us, but he was facing, like we were hitting his, looking at his rear end. And so it was so funny, because we were going faster than the vulture. Vulture was oblivious, completely silent. And we ran into the back of that vulture. Boom! That vulture, you've never seen a scared vulture. I mean, that vulture said, what the, what the? And it just was flapping all around and just took off. No more gliding for that vulture. But what a great analogy. Get this. No flapping, just catching the thermals, rising higher and higher. This is the picture that God has. He said, listen to me. They that wait on the Lord, you shall mount up with wings like eagles. Do you know what? There's something about the Word of God. And I want to talk about what the, what the, what the Word will do for you. If you get the word in you, you begin to find out what God's done for you. You've got to keep renewing it. I promise you, get your quiet time should be like you're catching the wind of the Spirit. You're catching the wind of revelation. And you're catching the outpouring of the joy. The joy is always a lifter. You know what? You can be bummed out. That's why I love people who encourage people. You can be dragging around, you know, your head hung low and you're talking about the sadness of the day. And somebody comes along and says, hey, what a great day it is today. 
Oh, really? He said, I want to tell you how much you mean to me. You're an awesome man of God. I want to tell you what. This is a great day. Let me tell you some good news. And you get done. And by the time you leave, you leave at a different altitude. You know what I'm talking about? You were here sucking up the bad air. You're, you're, you know, you were, you were in a bad place. But all of a sudden, you, you, can, you can hang with people. People uh, uh, can encourage you to get up with God. And I tell you what. You get with the Holy Ghost, you're going up. You get with the Holy Ghost, and, and when you start going up in the heavenlies, guess what? There's joy in heaven. There's sorrow in hell. There's sorrow in the world. But you start going north, you start getting up, I promise you, you'll start getting in the rarefied atmosphere of the presence of God, and His presence is always joy. God lives in joy. There are no psychiatrist's couches in heaven. There's a psychiatrist's hospital for those who got too much joy. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> because it's, it's, it's really, we got to think about the devil. Only, you know, he don't really care what he dishes out. Okay, I've got COVID. Okay, I've got to lose your job. Okay, I'll throw, whatever he throws at you is always to bring you down. He, you know what? His goal is to get you to live a down life. To live a life of oppression. To live a, to live a like it says in Isaiah 60, 61. A spirit of heaviness. What a great expression. A spirit of heaviness. You see, God says, you get with me, you spread your wings, you get in my presence, you get in my word, you begin to lift yourself. You will no longer have to live on the level that the world lives. You can live at a higher level and you can live at a level filled with his presence and filled with his joy. Psalm 16, 11 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. And all I know in my own personal life, um, I believe you don't need to, people that said that they're burned out. They're, they're burned out on ministry. Mildred, no, don't use that word. Uh, uh, Myrtle, Myrtle, they're burned out. I tell you, I'm all burned out, burned out. No, let me tell you, if you're telling me you're burned out, you're telling on yourself. You're telling me that you parked the glider and you're walking through the swamp. You're not letting God take you up. I promise you, you can live a long life. I plan to be a Caleb in Jesus' name. I will be strong when I'm, what was he, 85? Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm always here, but I'll be preaching somewhere in Jesus' name. Amen. But see, you've got to have that heart. You've got to get with God's presence. You've got to get with God's word. Get, get with God's promises. You don't have to have a sorry life in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, if you're, if, if you're running life too low, you know, do you know why gliders and planes have get to get some altitude? Because they get too low, they can run into trees and crash. Too many people are crashing all the time. Just had another crash, another depression crash. And now they got to get a new glider, come to church, will outfit you again. They crash before the week's out. No, no, no. You should get some altitude. Get some altitude. You'll miss a whole lot of trouble up there in Jesus' name. But you got to get God's perspective. In the name of Jesus. When God says, listen, you know what, you, you know what weighs people down? Con condemnation. Guilt. That's a weight. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. The devil, you know, you know what the devil will always do? You know, quote, unquote, you're forgiven. And quote, unquote, you're righteous. But the devil's always needling you all the time. You don't think you're really forgiven. God knows what you did. You remember this? You're a second-class citizen. He'll poke you all the time. That's the devil. He will poke you. He will poke you to push you down. 
But the reality is, the Bible says, Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Condemnation and guilt brings death. It talks about in Hebrews 9 how the blood of Jesus washes your mind and cleanses your heart from an evil conscience. You don't have to have an evil conscience. No evil conscience. Paul had no evil conscience. Paul, who killed Christians, put Christians in prison, said in his epistles, my conscience is clear before God and man. How could you do that, Paul? Don't you know what you did? No. Paul said, let me tell you what. I have been, I have been circling around the word and getting in the spirit. And I know what the word says, that I'm forgiven. I just happen to believe it. I just happen to act it. There's no greater oil, uh, there's no greater joy killer than thinking, than always walking condemned, always feeling like you're a failure. I'm telling you what, you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of it. You got to get, get, get with God. Let, let God download you the word of God regarding that. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. That includes your old life. Your old life is gone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, I like to believe this. Especially, I want to be so, uh, how shall I put it, merciful to anyone who reaches out in God. And they may have, you know, like, they get, they're saved, but now they've messed up again. This is where the devil gets people. Let's say they're saved, they lived a session of their life. It's been good. But now they fall into another sin. And now they feel so unworthy. And now they feel it's not worth working out a holy life. And pretty soon they're not in church. Pretty soon they beat themselves up. And then they, I tell you what, the devil will give you your own club to beat yourself with. He will beat, here, here's, here's, here's the club, self-affliction, self-affliction. He'll give you your own club. But you've got to recognize that those children of Israel, they felt that way. They were beating themselves up with a club. We feel condemned. They were weeping. They were beating themselves. And Nehemiah had a word of the Lord. Stop that. Listen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Get over to the place where God has truly forgiven you and begin to rejoice over your forgiveness and over the cleansing blood of Christ over your life. He's either truly forgiven you or he hasn't. And I've got the good news is he's truly forgiven you. Hallelujah. So Galatians 2.26, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we've got to release our faith. If you want to circle around, spread your wings, circle around and begin to speak what God says over you constantly during this time of, of, the, of the COVID uh, plague. Just say, you know what? I'm, I'm not like the rest of the world. I am born a son of God. You've got to tell yourself that. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the king. And guess what? Sons, I don't have to get sick. I don't have to come under this, this plague in Jesus' name. And it says in Galatians 4, 6, because you are all sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son that cries out of your own spirit, Abba, Father, that I have a daddy and he loves me. And God is for me. And when you get a hold of that and get the reality of that, you know, when you get the word in you, strength comes. And I tell you what, your joy. You can be in the middle of a, of a hurricane and God will give you, I'm talking about in the spirit, and give you joy. He can give you joy unspeakable, full of glory. You can, you can rejoice in your day and you can be happy every day. It's the plan of God. It's your inheritance as a child of God. And, and the Bible says, verse 7, we are no longer slaves but sons. I don't have to listen to the devil. I don't have to listen to the world. 
I don't listen to the news. Half is full, two-thirds, don't give a percentage. So many lies out there. I'm sorry. Just lies, lies upon lies. I have to go to God. You know what, God? I don't care what the world says. I don't care what even other people say. I, you know what? I know I'm a, not a slave. I'm a son. And the Bible says if I'm a son, I'm an heir of God. And listen, if I'm an heir of God, everything he's got, I get. And you know what God's got a whole lot of? Joy. And I'm not waiting for heaven to get there. I'm going to get mine now. Well, uh, you don't know the trouble I've seen. No one knows but Jesus. I know they wrote a song like that, but that's a man that had no joy. Listen to me. This joy unspeakable, full of glory God's got for you as an inheritance, and you need to grasp it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.3 said he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Just think about everything God has, we can have. We're an heir of God and of Christ. Everything Jesus has, we can have. Jesus said, listen. He said, the works that I do shall you do also. And Jesus was a happy Jesus. My, they're watching a new thing on Jesus. The guy looks like he's a Greek this time. Uh, the Chosen. And I like him. He's cool. They got him kind of, uh, finally got a manly Jesus. Praise God. Uh, not one of these sissies that are holding two sheets under his arm. But, but this is, but what you got out of it is Jesus is a happy Jesus. Jesus said, listen, out of uh, John 15, 11. John 15, 11. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. Actually, he says that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. God's got, you know what? Jesus lived a life of joy. I promise you, when you're around Jesus, he laughed a lot. Did he tell a joke? I'm sure. A Pharisee joke. Who knows? There were enough little Pharisees out there to make all kind of jokes. But... Uh, I, I, I just truly believe that Jesus, if you, someone needs to have a Jesus that's portrayed as not only manly, they got that right, but very joyful, very extreme joy. God has extreme joy because God's a God of extremes. Everything he does is in, is in extremes. And the Bible says, Ephesians 1 7, we have, we have redemption through his blood. I've been bought back from the devil. Now, let me tell you what. The more you put this in you, wait a minute, I'm a son of God. I'm redeemed by the blood of Christ. Right now, I'm a son of God. Right now, I'm, I'm redeemed. And that God says to him, says to me, that if I got Ephesians 3.20, that he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. And I can think of a lot of things. I want to thank God that I've got some good things coming my way. He's got good things. Pl- Excuse me. This is called a COVID sneeze. Anyway. And s- now, now, I love this out of, out of the Living Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God took, listen, God took sinless Christ and poured into him your sins and my sins. And then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into you. Wow. I tell you what, God is so good to us. We need to be like the children of Israel that listen to Nehemiah. He said, don't you, don't quit your, quit, quit your crying. Because if you're sorrowful, you won't have strength. He said, when you have joy, you'll have strength. When you're sorrowful, you have weakness. And I'll tell you what, depression, sorrow, crying, mourning, t- 
takes the strength right out of you. But well, you need to be strong in these days because other people need the strength of God that's going to flow out of you. They need your courage. They need your faith. They need you need to be fearless and full of joy in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And so um, Paul put it this way, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice, stay in the joy. And here's another one of the, out of the um, Passion Bible. It says, be cheerful with joyful celebration in every season. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, listen, don't, he says, no matter what's going on, and they had some bad stuff. They had shipwrecks. He had beatings. He had the fear of being thrown into lion's dens and being eaten. I mean, these guys went through it all. And you know what? They told us, Paul said, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. And then do that some more. And then rejoice. You know what? I like to be around people that are not too serious all the time. Some people are very serious people. Everything is so serious. They don't even want to laugh. And they don't like to be laughed at. Or, you know, everyone needs to be, you know what I'm saying? Everyone needs a Bonnie Tilly to act like me. It's hilarious. They'll take my eccentricities, whatever, and magnify them. And I go, do I do that? So oh, you do that. And she'll do that. And it's just... You know what? Don't take yourself so seriously. Hallelujah. Learn to laugh. Amen. See the funny side of some of the things that are going on. Don't be so serious. I'm serious. This is a serious situation. I promise you, if you learn to laugh a little bit longer and keep laughing, you'll last longer. Because as God created you not to live on the ground, but to live further up in the celestial arena of God's presence and God's joy. Amen. He said, but a cheerful, listen, be cheerful with joyful celebration in every situation, season of life. Let joy overflow. That's why I like this song. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, uh, let me get it. The world didn't give it to me. Is that, is that all it says? The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Okay, that's the rest of it. And then he says, he says, for you are united with the Holy One. Hallelujah. Let's take a joy break. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for your precious word. We want to rise up like wings of eagles. We want to take our place with you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Psalm, 50, Psalm 5.11 says, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Say, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in your word. Well, then you got to rejoice because God's got good news over your life. Hallelujah. The Lord, it says out of 2 Chronicles, um, no, this is out of uh, Psalm 92.4. You, O Lord, have made me glad through your, hallelujah, through your works. You've made me glad through your works. God's done some great things for you and I. I, I just, you know, I'm so blessed. Katia said something. She's out there on that spunky lady. Scotty Blanco. She said, you know, Pastor, I've lived such a good life. She said, you know what? I'm just happy. She said, if I die today, I say, God, I've had a great life. Because she's facing all this stuff, stuck on this oil platform. Just you and the sick. And you know what? She says, I've had a great life. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my life. You know what I said that word? Number one, you're, courage, you're courageous. I said, number two, you're coming off there healthy, and um, 
And number three, we'll see you again. But the point is, uh, I said, you know, God, when she said that, I said, I can say the same thing. It's been a great, God, thank you. I've got so gratefulness out of my heart. Just, I can just be so thankful. And, uh, and you know what? I've got joy preaching to number two, the red light number two, because I know you're behind number two. Oh, now it's number one. Uh, they, they keep changing it. And they keep saying, arrows, say, stay on the light. So I'm preaching to a light. I hope this gets saved. I hope this light comes forward at the end of this sermon and gives us light to Christ. It might turn from, white, from red to white. And then we'll get another light. Amen. Um, that's just what I'm having to deal with to keep myself. And they have big arrows because I tend to wander. And uh, I'm a great squirrel chaser. Squirrel! This is squirrel. And so I've been taught to look straight ahead, to be steady. To be a steady Eddie, that's hard for me to be in Jesus' name. Stay right here. Don't move. In fact, stand in the wash bucket. Just let words come out. You're the mechanical preacher. Yes, I am a preacher. I am here to break the word of God down to you so you understand it and get it in your heart. <sighs> and after I finish preaching to the light, I know you're going to get something. And the word of God's going to be alive in you. And there'll be an anointing of joy. God will put a work of joy on the inside of you. Yes, he will. It's like supernatural. Supernatural. Glory to God. Everybody still happy out there in Jesus' name? And so, uh, Revelation 17, uh, Revelations, uh, Proverbs 17, 22, it says, by, by the sorrow of the heart, um, by the sorrow of a heavy spirit, the sorrow of a heavy spirit is broken. Meaning that you get a heaviness about you, you break your spirit. Another one says in Proverbs 17, 15, 13, it says a broken spirit dries the bones. Man, that's like someone that's just, and I shared this, I think it was last Thursday. I talked about, you know, the, you know what the devil's posture is for you? Here's, here's his design for you. You remember the woman with the, um, who was, Bowed over for 18 years. I'm going to pull this pulpit back. The Bible says she's bowed like this. Now, I know I'm not looking at the camera right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at the ground. Can, will this pass? Okay. Bending down. And Jesus says, you see this? That's the wrong position. It's a bent down position. She's just staring at the ground. He said, oh, not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound low these 18 years. Be loose from her infirmity. Satan pushed her down. Satan did that. And in the spirit, the devil wants to push people down. He wants you to live a sorrowful life. He wants you to live a sad life. He wants you to focus on the things that are not working, your failures, your sadness. But I'll tell you what, you know what Jesus said? He told the woman, woman, be, she said, whom Satan has bound, Satan has no joy. He wants you to join his camp. Is there any joy in hell? Nada. Is there any happy people in hell? Nobody. What's in hell? A whole lot of crying, wailing, gnashing of teeth. He wants to bring that to you. He wants to bring sorrow to you. You're bowed down with the weight of the world. You bow down with the cares. You bow down with what am I going to do about my money? What am I going to do about my job? 
What am I going to do about my relatives? What am I going to do about my body? He wants you to walk around like this. He just wants you to walk around. I'm a Christian. Pray for me. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. All bowed down, bowed over. But Jesus says, no, I didn't make you to do that. By my power and by my blood, I make you to stand up in Jesus' name. He says, I am the glory and the lifter of your head. I want to anoint you with the oil of joy. It's an anointing from heaven, an oil of joy. you got to understand it. you got to get with God, and you got to get with the Holy Ghost. He will always take you up in his word. He'll always take you up in his spirit. When you get with God, you're going to go up. You get with the world, you'll always go down. Just keep watching the news. Just keep watching the news. No, let me fade out. Of the, keep my camera there. Keep the, keep the camera there. Close to me. Flip the other one. Uh, excuse me. I'm now, I'm now the camera director for a minute. But, you know, listen to the news. I'm getting a little bit more news. And just, you know, no, 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 no. They keep following. No, don't follow me. I want to disappear. One more time. No, 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 no. Here I am. Barely making it. Barely. Barely. No. Get with the word of God. You don't have to live like that. Live, stand up. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Get some, get happy. Listen to me. You're a child of God. You're heaven bound. The blood of Christ covers you. Jesus lives on the inside. You got the Holy Ghost. You got God who's for you. You got God who's with you. You got all the promise of God to say, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen. God said, I got angels for you. I've got the blood for you. I've made you a new creature. There's no condemnation in you. There's no, no guilt on you. I made you a champion. I made you a warrior. I made you an overcomer. What's your problem? You don't know. You don't understand. No, no, no. I don't understand. You can't suck on the world. Don't want to suck on the world because all they got is lemons. Hallelujah. Love this pulpit. I can move it around. Look at this. I move over here, over here, here. And then the Bible says, Proverbs 50, 50, it says, He that hath a merry heart hath a continual feast. So let me ask this question. Make up your mind what you're going to eat every day. What you're going to eat. What kind of food are you going to eat? Jesus said, my word is spirit and life. You put my word in you, you get in my presence, my presence is fullness of joy. If you get in my presence, you're coming up. It's like getting in the heavenly elevator. You get with God, you get in the heavenly elevator. And really the, and really the whole key is this, is stay in the elevator. Don't get out of the heavenly elevator because God will always take you up. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with, with wine, which is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Speak of yourself in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. A person who sings when they're drunk, they're drunk happy. But when they get out of their drunken state, they're super sad. Because now they've got a hangover. Now they paid everyone else to drink. And now, now they're broke. And now they feel bad. But God's joy is a lifting joy that keeps lifting. God wants you happy. God wants you filled with joy. It's your inheritance. Because if you're a son of God, you're like God. And his inheritance is joy. In John 17, 13, Jesus said, listen, 
He said, I, Father, I thank you. I've shown them these things so they might have my joy fulfilled in them. I want the joy that I have in them because it's in me. I'm filled up with the joy. And you know what? That's what made Jesus strong. He was strong. Jesus was a man's man or a woman's woman, but he was strong. He said, you know what? The strength I got comes from the joy. I know, you know what? I know who God is. I know my father. I know who I am in my father. I know my place. And I've got joy <laughs> because of it. And the joy gives me strength. You know, you can live life weak, beat up, beat down. It's not the plan of God. God wants you to stand erect, tall, anointed with joy, powerful. You know what? People that are, that are strong and full of joy attract people. People come to you. Hey, what's, what's going on with you? Amen. I've had more, more than once, not just once, I've been asked by people. I mean, hallelujah, man, how you doing? This, I'm looking, they said, uh, sir, come here, yeah. What are you taking? What do you mean, what am I taking? They think I'm smoking weed. They think I'm doing something. I'm, I'm on some drug. Because that's the only way they can get happy. But no, you can get on, you can get on Jesus, hallelujah. But he that hath a merry heart hath a continual feast. Every day can be a happy day. Every day can be a happy day in Jesus' name. So I want to end with this uh, final verse, which I trust will bless you. It's out of Isaiah 51, 11. And really, it's a prophetic word over the believer. And I want you to take it for yourself today. It's so, so the ransomed of the Lord, that's you and I, shall return and come with not sighing, singing unto Zion, which is the church. And with everlasting joy on their head. Did you get that? Everlasting joy. Meaning that the joy that God wants to give you is forever. No, I'll get that when I get to heaven. This is true. You'll get the joy. It'll, be, it'll never leave you. But you know what? Whatever's in heaven can come down here. Jesus said, Lord, your will be done on earth. It is in heaven. Whatever heaven's got, I want and in the word, whatever heaven has, you can have. You can, you can start claiming it right now in Jesus' name. Everlasting joy is going to be on my head in Jesus' name. In the midst of all this thing, because, you know, they say, how long will this go? And it may repeat itself. I'm going to put myself in the joy of God in Jesus' name. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to operate in the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. And it says, um, they shall obtain joy and gladness. Now get this. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. Bye-bye sorrow. Bye-bye. And sometimes in my walk with God, I've been taught by good people, when things get bad, sometimes the devil wants to hit you up with stuff. And uh, it's just laugh at the devil on purpose. Have joy. As a matter of choice. So ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Devil, ha, ha, ha. You're not going to have me. You're not going to have my body, devil. You're not going to have the ministry. You're not going to have that person. I laugh at you. The joy of the Lord is my strength in Jesus' name. Now, I've also found this out with joy, that you can begin just to laugh on purpose, and God will anoint the laughter if you keep going. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> it's happening to me right now. <laughs> oh. You know what? We serve a wonderful Jesus. He wants all the pressure off you, but you've got to give it to him. You've got to learn to wait on him. Spread our wings. Get, catch, catch the thermal updraft of the Holy Ghost. He's going to take you up. He's going to get you to God's viewpoint. When you get God's viewpoint, you'll see how God sees. You'll trust him. It'll become alive to you. And joy will come to you. It'll just be a, it'll just be a fruit. Hallelujah. Second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Love, joy, joy. Love what? Joy. Love, joy. It's what he has for you. Aren't you glad? And when we come together, it should be the most joyful thing. And it will be when we finally get together. But we keep our joy going strong today. Listen, I want to pray for you. All those are fighting oppression it's, and some of the things you're hitting up against, I want to pray for you. I'm believing God for his power to touch your life and to do a work in you by the Holy Spirit. I'm nothing. He's the power. Jesus, by his spirit, can touch you. So let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, there are some serious issues out there, health issues, family issues, COVID issues, financial issues, things, Lord, that wear us down if we let them. But, Lord, we're not going to let them wear us down. You told us to cast all our care on you. You told us that we can have a carefree life. Now, Father, our inheritance is joy. So right now, I come against my Father. Touch them. We come against all oppressive spirits. We come against spirits of darkness, spirits of sorrow, spirits of grief. In Jesus' name. I break it off you in Jesus' name. I break sorrow, that heavy spirit. You will not live bowed down. You will not live bent over. In Jesus' name. We break it off you in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the anointing of oil, of joy. The anointing oil of joy. Lord, you promise us everlasting joy shall be upon them. Let it be upon them. Anoint us with the oil of joy. Anoint everyone in this viewing with the oil of joy. Let joy flood every home. Let joy fall on everyone's uh, spirit right now in Jesus' name. Let joy, Lord, let joy be their refrain, Lord, in Jesus' name. And their spirit will be strong. They will have a fortified uh, uh, protection in all the things that are going around them. They'll be protected in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, mighty name, from all evil reports, from all doubt, from all fear, from all unbelief, they'll be protected because their joy will remain strong. In Jesus' name, receive the joy of the Lord because it truly is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your protection. The joy of the Lord is your place of victory. The joy of the Lord is where you need to be and live. The joy of the Lord breaks the power of the adversary. The joy of the Lord is your deliverance. The joy of the Lord is your inheritance. The joy of the Lord is from heaven to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Now, if you're here today and you're watching, and you know, may not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to tell you this, that Jesus loves you. Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He came for one purpose. He came for you. He came for everyone who is in need of Him, and every human being is in need of Him. Because our sins, when we miss the mark with God, separate us from God. But we come to Jesus, we come to realize there's nothing I can do to gain acceptance with God. There's no amount of fasting, praying, or good works I can ever do. All our righteousness, the Bible says, is filthy rags. The Bible says all have sinned. The Bible says um, there's none righteous, no, not one. So we're all in the same boat. There's level ground at the cross. There's no one better than anybody else. We're all in need of a Savior. But Jesus came. The Bible said he came as like a lamb that was slain. A perfect lamb. He was a perfect man. All man, all God. And he received the sins. All our sins were poured into him. But he poured. And when we receive his, when, when, we, when we receive Jesus, we receive his forgiveness. And we receive his cleansing. And he pours all his goodness into you. And it's just a simple prayer. But you've got to just come to the end of yourself to say this prayer. I'd like you to say this simply. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I've sinned. I'm asking you for your forgiveness. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. And I receive Jesus Christ into my heart. Come in, Jesus. Save me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, or if you need prayer for anything, you might have an issue. Uh, that number at the bottom of the screen, 770 570-518-5020. 770-518-5020. If you call it right now, it's right here. If you call it, there's somebody there to pray with you. If you receive Christ, or you re perhaps renewed your life with Christ, if you call in, and we will mail you material. If you give us your address, we will mail you material, mail you Bibles, mail you whatever it takes to get your faith to grow up, to get strong. And the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. God's going to anoint you with all your problems. Are going to uh, I'll tell you what. When you give them to Jesus, they roll off you. They just roll off you. It's like a weight goes. And you feel light. You can begin to ascend in this spiritually. You just begin to ascend. And you ascend into the realm of the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. So glad to have everyone here. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. Currently, all of our services and classes are being streamed online because of COVID-19. You can connect with our church online by liking our Facebook page and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Just type WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. Please visit our website, whcga.com, to learn more about us. And we pray that you have a blessed week.